welcome to Odd Drummer Gaming, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. In this episode, I will be talking about Alone in the Dark, 2005 movie based on a video game. I was trying something new for a video, so this episode I'm using the MXL 990, I believe, microphone. It's either the MXL 990 or the 991. I believe the quality is better than... For example, the other one, ATR2100, I think. But I believe this microphone picks up um, the mouth noises a little bit more, which is unfortunate, and I apologize in advance, but I will try not to be slurping and sipping as I do this podcast. But there you have it. Um, Let's see, what should I... I... God, I already messed up. This episode's a mess. This episode, this whole podcast is shit. I've I've been playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Kawabunga Collection. However, I just I've been playing the one game that I've played. Well, actually, there's two games. The one game I've started with was the TMNT NES game. Which I remember liking a lot when I was a kid, but it was very difficult, but I liked the music and I liked the game. And to my knowledge, it's never been available to play. I mean, I don't know. I haven't researched it, but outside of that NES memory, I don't. I haven't been able to play it. So I'm glad that they released it on this uh, collection. Um, I recorded a YouTube video of a, the drum cover of the title screen, and if I can be honest, the cover's not great. Um, I'm doing my best. That's not true. I'm doing my mediocre, but I don't know. I I think if I keep to, you know, it's that whole thing. Um, theoretically, if you keep putting out shit, one one day, hopefully, it won't be shit anymore. But the point is to keep keep at it and keep going. So even though the video is not great, the audio is not great, hopefully I can keep going with it. But that's at youtube.com slash drumj8 if you're interested. I'm sure you're not because I'm not. Um, and then I recently started playing the arcade game. Um, I think it's just called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, maybe the arcade game, but... I remember that from the arcade when I was a kid. So that should be fun. And if you just press the start button, it gives you extra lives. And that's going to be real handy. You know, I I don't have my Switch with me. I wasn't, I, I as per usual, I wasn't really planning on recording, but I had some time. Um, I started a game, I think it's called Eight Doors... Aram's Afterlife Adventure. And it was on sale recently, but now, like on Steam, it's 20 bucks, which is it's a little steep. But I just started it, so I can't give much of, re- re- of a review. But I heard... Actually, this is another game that I had never heard of, but Amazon recommended to me. And it just... The description says Metroidvania-style action platformer. Heavily influenced by Korean folktales, so 
Um, I was looking for a wiki on this and there's none. But I'm sure people are going to compare it to Hollow Knight because that's the vibe I get um, just right out the gate. But I think a lot of Metroidvanias are compared to Hollow Knight. Hollow Knight is very, very good. Hollow Knight is so good that it's almost like... It's almost a genre amongst it, itself. You know, it almost created a, a genre. Hollow Knight is a very good Metroidvania, but now I think people would use the description. This is like a Hollow Knight kind of game. You know what I mean? How would you know what I mean if I don't know what I mean? Um, I that's all I got for gaming. I don't um, I don't have my Switch with me. God damn it! In terms of movies, um, we gotta keep this moving. In terms of movies, I'm going to start with The Seed. And I, I'd never heard of The Seed, but I watched The Seed because I watched uh, Resident Evil Apocalypse. I looked up this girl, Sophia Vavasur. I was just curious, and I was depressed that this little girl in this movie is now 30. And... Um, I saw that she was in a recent movie, a 2021 movie, playing Heather in a movie called The Seed. I watched this on, I believe it's on Shudder. I have the Prime Video AMC Plus extension or whatever, so I believe I watched it on Sh Shudder, well, Prime Video. And on Wikipedia, it is the 2021 body horror feature film directorial debut of Sam Walker who also wrote the script the gist you know the first half or third of the movie is basically these three attractive girls they go to one of the girls dad's house out in the desert in the middle of nowhere to watch a meteor shower and their plan, like one of the girls' plan is to live stream the event to get a bunch of likes and attention, blah, blah, blah. And the first third is them obsessed with social media, obsessed with attention, obsessed with likes. Except for one girl who doesn't have social media, barely gets the internet. Her phone is like an old, retro, boring phone with no internet, blah, blah, blah. But that's the first third. And... The first third of the movie I did not like. Um, something about these three girls, you know, they're all, they all were fine. They weren't bad actors, but I don't know what it was. Something about the writing or directing or editing. It feels like the three of these girls didn't know each other. They're supposed to be like best friends. It feels like they weren't comfortable with each other or something. I, it's hard to explain. It's hard to define, like, it's kind of undefinable to see people. Who, I mean, they just, the chemistry wasn't there between these three girls who were supposed to be best friends, in my opinion. And, you know, they it takes a long time for the horror aspect to kick in. So a lot of that first third of the movie is them just talking to each other, being um, self-centered people, I guess. 
And then, so they watch the meteor shower and they don't have any reception, no signal, so they can't live stream it anyway. Then this object falls into the pool. There's a pool at Heather's dad's house. And it's this thing. They don't know what it is. They take it out. And they they don't know what it is. And they're like, it's gross, blah, blah, blah. And then they, they keep coming back to this thing. They look at it and then they decide that it's a dead animal. But it's like they're not sure what it is. A dead armadillo, a dead bear. Um, eventually this kid comes to do the gardening. The kids I thought was a bad actor. And they're like, hey, we'll pay you money if you get rid of this thing. And he's like, sure. And then the thing wakes up and he runs away. And basically... This thing is some sort of alien creature that fell out of the sky. And towards the end of the movie, it somehow, I guess, mates with the two blonde girls. And I I think at one point it, it either it tried to mate with the third girl, but wasn't able to. I don't know, but... The other two girls become kind of like hypnotized by this thing and they eventually become pregnant, impregnated by this thing. Anyway, um, at the end of the movie, this the third girl who I'll just say the third girl was the, the worst actress of the three. She wasn't bad, but again, something about the chemistry with these three. And so this third girl named Charlotte... Uh, she she gets a vision from this creature showing that the creature's goal mission is to impregnate and multiply and conquer the earth i guess it's there's not a lot of explanation in these i guess you're supposed to piece it together in the images in the visions and so the girl decides i have to kill my best friends in order to save the world which there's not even a moment where she's like there must be another way. She's immediately from these two are my best friends immediately to I'm going to kill them. Um, so she gets a gun. She ends up killing the her two best friends. Actually, before she before she gets a chance to kill one of her second best friend, this guy comes in to the frame and kills her. It almost feels like. I think it's Light of, Night of the Living Dead where they kill Dwayne because they think, spoiler alert, they think he's a zombie, but he's a human. Um, anyway, the movie is not good. I didn't enjoy it. Um, it was kind of a trudge to get through. And I, I felt bad for these girls because the things that the writer director made these girls go through, they had to get in all this makeup being swamped by this creature. At one point, Heather, who is Sophie Vavasur, the girl from Resident Evil Apocalypse, she's putting raw eggs into her mouth and chomping down and the egg is just, ugh. just thinking about it is pretty gross. And um, it was kind of disgusting. The one plus is that there's there's a lot of uh, practical effects, which I appreciate, I respect, I admire. 
but overall, you know, not not a great movie. I I do not recommend watching The Seed. Um next I watched I'm going to talk about Yellow Jackets, but I'll save that for the end before Alone in the, the Dark. I I I thought about making Yellow Jackets a bonus episode, but I'll just talk about it here. But next I'll watch I'll talk about Prey. Um you know, they reviewed it on We'll See You in Hell. I haven't listened to that part of the episode yet, so I don't know what they think. But Prey is a 2022 American science fiction action horror film based on the Predator franchise. It is the fifth installment and is a prequel to the first four films being set in the Northern Great Plains in North America in 1719. Directed by Dan Trachtenberg, who the name sounds familiar, but I don't know his stuff off the top of my head. He... um, Directed 10 Cloverfield Lane, which I didn't care for. thought it was pretty boring. Um, and then he did Playtest, which I do remember. Um, it was a pretty good horror episode of Black Mirror. He directed an episode of The Boys, which um, I've seen season one. And then he directed the pilot of The Lost Symbol. I don't know what that is. Um, so Prey was written by Patrick Ason, whose name is not clickable on Wikipedia. It stars Amber Midthunder, who I was not familiar with. And I'll just go ahead and say I am a big fan of her after watching this movie. And so basically, the gist of Prey is that they're in 1719 Northern Great Plains in North America, as I already mentioned. And this girl, Naru, she she wants to hunt, but her mom and everyone basically tells her, you can't hunt. Basically, like, you can't hunt because you're a woman. Um, And the mom's like, you're so good at other, you're so good at so many things. You can gather, you can garden, you can, you're very good at medicine. Why do you want to hunt? And her answer is, I want to hunt because everyone thinks I can't. And she really wants to hunt and prove herself. And her brother is pretty encouraging. But everyone else in her like tribe, the other guys, the other hunters are like, they make fun of her, you know, typical sexist stuff. Like, we're not going to be out here long enough for you to, for the, we need a cook, blah, blah, blah. And... You know, she's very smart. You know, despite her physical prowess and physical strength, her greatest asset is probably her intelligence because she's a good tracker. She, her brother states that she, she always sees stuff that he misses. So she goes out with them to see, to look for a lion because the lion took a tribesman named Pui, and he's probably wounded, prob- maybe dead. So she goes with them, and again, they're making fun of her, like, we don't need you, blah, blah, blah. And they eventually track the lion, but 
she she's about to like make the kill but before she can she gets distracted because the predators out there yelling making sounds making uh, lightning she, you know his she gets distracted and she falls so she doesn't make the kill i, I was trying to make a, a synopsis but i'm not good at synopsis i just tell the whole movie spoiler alert if you haven't seen prey but i highly recommend prey so you can skip this if you want but check it out it's on hulu and so she falls her brother makes the kill and her brother has to carry her back and he basically tells her you can't hunt i know you want to you you can't you tried to kill the lion but you couldn't and he's not an ass about it you could tell that he he loves her and he's like you you can't uh, you tried but you can't and you could feel in his voice in his heart that he's trying to protect protect her he's not an ass but he's like you 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 just can't um but anyway she goes off on her own to track this thing because she knows there's something out there that's bigger than a bear that's a danger to everyone so she goes goes out on her own and then her brother Taabe and a bunch of the other tribesmen go after her to bring her back home. She gets in a fight with her tribesmen. She actually wins. She kicks one of the guy's ass. But they're trying to bring her home. And then the predator appears and the action sequences are pretty awesome, I thought. So these tribesmen uh, I don't know if that's the right word. I'm, I apologize, but these guys are fighting against a predator, and these guys—I don't know if you can hear my dogs singing a song. I'm assuming you can, because this mic is high quality and sensitive to sounds. Should I just let them sing, or should I try to speak louder, or should I pause the podcast? Please stop singing doggos. Doggos, please. Uh, I can't keep doing this because this is going to add to my minutes. And uh, as I mentioned before, that is an issue. Um, probably a package came. Anyway. So it's, it's interesting to note that these guys, they hunt for survival. So they're, they're not untrained and unpracticed so they are warriors so they go up against but you know they're also no match for the predator so they try with brute strength brute force to fight the predator but the predator is the predator so the predator like kills a bunch of them and the predator ignores naru the girl because it doesn't see her as a threat um again the action sequence is awesome I'm I'm going to wrap up the synopsis but basically you know there's some french trappers that are that get that get involved but anyway the naru um amber mid thunder is awesome in it i thought she was awesome she really made you believe that she's very smart and she could kick all the uh, a bunch of ass in this movie and i liked her a lot i liked the brother a lot um, the brother is Dakota Beavers. Uh, there's an awesome dog in it. Her, 
well the name is um sari but her real name is coco which i had a dog named coco but she passed but that's none of your business and one knock i will say against this movie is there's a lot of cgi in it too much cgi like I, and i i'm all for safety in a movie i get it and of course i would much rather have in in terms of safety for the sake of safety i would much much rather have the actors go against a cgi bear than a real one but at the same time, it's just kind of distracting. You know, you have this, you know, these really realistic characters and you're trying to feel grounded in the film. And then you see CGI rabbits, CGI bears, CGI ants, CGI rats, CGI snakes, CGI wolves. And I don't know, I, I feel like I feel like there can be effort to make it more realistic somehow. You know, do do some some kind of camera trick, do something. I mean, I I did not like the CGI in this movie. Uh, other than that, I liked it a lot. And um you know, one thing I ke- I kept seeing headlines like Amber Midthunder is the new action star we need. And I get that. I liked her a lot in it. But at the same time, I feel like most of the action is probably done by the stunt people, right? Um, And the stunt people never... I mean, obviously, if the stunt woman for Amber Midthunder was Sarah Johnson or something, no one's going to know Sarah Johnson's name. And I get that. They're a stunt person. And, you know, I get it. And especially on social media, they're not going to be like, yay, Sarah Johnson stunt woman for Amber Midthunder in Prey. But uh, I don't know. Like, is Chris Evans really an action star or is the stunt person or is the action fight choreographer choreographer the real star? You know what I mean? Anyway, I'm not trying to take away from Amber Midthunder because I liked her a lot in this movie. I, I highly recommend it. I'm excited to check out We'll See You in Hell's episode on it. Um, I've only seen Predator 1 with Arnie and Prey. I haven't seen Predator 2. I haven't seen Predator. I haven't seen Predators. I think there's one called The Predator. Um, wait, hold on. Let me see. Let me just double check on that. Predator... I've seen 1987. Predator 2 have not seen. Predators have not seen. The Predator. Uh, the naming system is terrible. Um, and Prey. And you know, I, as far as the, you know, um, Wikipedia says, the film received positive reviews from critics with praise for its action sequences, Mid-Thunder's performance, Trachtenberg's direction, and it, and the indigenous casting, with many critics calling it the best Predator installment since the first film. So, unfortunately for me, it looks like I've seen the two best um, films in the franchise, and all the rest probably pa- pale in comparison to these two. 
but I liked it a lot. I really liked the action and I liked how the characters um, really smart and she relied on her intelligence for survival and she it was really good. Check it out. Pray. Where am I at in recording? 24 minutes. I have no idea if that's good or bad. Let's talk about Yellow Jackets. So we, my wife and I basically binged it in three days. We watched two episodes in a row and then two episodes. And then looks like six episodes in one day. Um, we really liked it. I don't want to spoil... Well, then again, I don't think anyone's listening to this. So, if you are listening to this, thank you. And if you don't want spoilers for Yellow Jackets, uh, fast forward maybe 5-10 minutes. That's kind of a vague um, time frame. But we really liked it. We couldn't stop watching it. Um, It's it's very good. I think the performances are very good and obviously it's you can't help but compare it to Lost um because of the plane crash aspect being stranded on an island or not an island but stranded in the wilderness. And you know people always compare it to Lord of the Flies cuz you have a bunch of kids. So the gist of it is a bunch of high school a high school soccer team is flying to the championship whatever and their plane crashes so they survive well they have to survive and then in present day they focus on four of the adults so it's it's interesting the way they the tv show plays out i also think it's interesting how you know practically early on I already mentioned that I thought Christina Ricci looks a lot like Jackie. So I assumed she was going to play adult Jackie. But spoiler alert, no, she's playing adult Misty. It's interesting the choices they make because early on, you pretty much assume that Jackie didn't make it out alive because they don't show her in present day. And so you already assume that she has passed. But in the... In the past, they focus on her a lot. And, you know, I, I liked it a lot. It's it's interesting how, like, for example, one aspect is you start to think, well, in the very first, I think in the opening scene, they show that there was a trap laid out for one of the girls. One of the girls falls into the trap, and then it, I believe they cook the girl and eat her so you start to wonder which of these girls are capable of killing and so there is a storyline they they flash back to nat's early life and you know they well first of all they show her in the wilderness that she's hesitant to hold a gun and, you know, they show, start showing a flashback with her and her abusive father. And the father is yelling at her and yelling at the mom. And you think that she's going to use the gun to kill her father. But the father is just an idiot, a drunken, angry idiot, and ends up killing himself on accident. 
So that rules out Nat that she's capable of murder. And then in present day, and, you know, I like how between Shauna and um, Jackie, they're best friends, but you, you there's tension between them. And, you know, Shauna is obviously sexing it up with Jackie's boyfriend, Jeff, and she gets pregnant. And, um, and then Jackie ends up reading her journals, so she finds out. And then there's back and forth between Jackie and Shauna and like, you know, they love each other and then they hate each other. Then they love each other. And then at one point, Jackie tells everyone she's pregnant. And then Shauna goes, why did you have to tell everyone? And there's like tension. And then in the present day, eventually we see that Shauna, through her paranoia, ends up killing a seemingly innocent man. And so we we find out that she is capable capable of murder so you start to think well she probably kills jackie at one point and then we see throughout the series that misty is capable of things as well because she you know she poisons ben she poisons everyone not to the point of death but she's capable of that and she's capable of murder in the present because she murders that reporter lady um, I apologize if I'm spoiling all this, but please fast forward if you haven't seen Yellow Jackets. So you, you start to think they probably killed Jackie. And you can see, you know, there's hints throughout. Like the first hint was the other girls are noticing that she's not pitching in. And then Shauna takes her aside and says, hey, Jackie, you have to pitch in. Everyone's starting to notice. So you think this is going to culminate in a murder situation. But it, it it doesn't. And, you know, it's very sad how, you know, there's tension between Jackie and Shauna and the rest of the group. And they kind of kick her out. So she sleeps in front of the cabin. Uh, spoiler alert again. She ends up dying because of snowfall. There's, there's a snowfall overnight. And I think Shauna has a very eerie dream that she goes and tells her, hey, this is dumb. Come in. And they give her hot chocolate and they say, we love you, Jackie, um, including Laura Lee, who had died in the plane, in another plane, in a smaller plane. And it, I, I keep thinking about this because it's so sad and so avoidable. She, Jackie was not injured. She was not sick. She was not at risk for anything. She was a perfectly healthy girl. And she died over a dumb teenage high school girl argument. And it was so avoidable. And she fell asleep. And snow fell on top of her. And she froze to death. And it, it just, it's heartbreaking. How, you know, if they weren't in the wilderness, if they were you know, still in high school, it would have been just par for the course event for a bunch of dumb teenage high school girls. But they weren't in still in high school. They were out in the wilderness where something as dumb as a dumb argument is life and death. It's very sad, very tragic, um, but it's fictional characters. Come on. Um, I, I love Christina. Well, like, Christina Ricci as Misty, she's hilarious. 
Um, even Sammy Henrati, Henrati is hilarious. Um, I don't... Well, actually, so out of the young people, the only name... I didn't recognize anyone, but the name I recognized was Sophie Thatcher. Because I remember seeing her in Prospect, and I looked up the cast, and I remember her name. Then I re then I remembered, oh, she was in Prospect, and she was in the Book of Boba Fett as one of the, like, hench people of uh, Boba Fett, I guess. So she was the only name I recognized in the young cast. And then, like, I recognize Melanie Linsky, um, Juliette Lewis, Christina Ricci, and Tawny Cypress. I recognize her name, but not, not, not her name, her face, but not her name. Um, let me see. Well, in the introduction to her Wikipedia, it says she was on Heroes, which I. I vaguely remember her on Heroes, um, but that's probably it because I did watch Heroes. I don't think she had a big part. She was the art dealer, it says. Um, but the performances in Yellow Jackets are really good. Um, the thing that I'm concerned with is that, like, I really like. I actually watched Lost after it ended. So I binged it right away. Like I binged all six seasons after it ended pr pretty quickly. I liked it a lot. I actually watched the end scene, the very, very end scene. Um, before, well, like it might have been one of the first scenes I saw. I'm like, it said lost end scene. So I watched it, didn't know what, didn't know what was happening. And then by the time I actually watched the end scene at the end of the series, it made me cry. That series made me cry a few times. Uh, spoiler alert for Lost, but when the the Asian couple um, died, I cried hard. Um, anyway, the, the, the thing that I didn't necessarily love about Lost is how weird it got. And like, I think when the polar bear appeared, you're like, okay, so this is a weird show. It's not just dealing with a, you're dealing with afterlife stuff, spiritual stuff, science fiction stuff, weird stuff. So Yellow Jackets, I like that it's, you're focusing on these girls in the wilderness and their, their uh, adult counterparts, if you will. But I don't want, you know, it's already kind of getting weird because Lottie, who is actually one of my favorite characters, she has, you know, some ties to the spiritual world. And then, spoiler alert, but in the last episode, a, a some weird group of people kidnap Nat. So I'm like, okay, this, this show is going to get weird. And I... I hope it doesn't get too weird because it's I feel like it's already psychologically satisfying to see what these girls went through and how they are now. I, I hope it doesn't get too weird, but I, I have a feeling it will. You know, I just don't, you know, 
polar bear. Come on. But Yellow Jackets, I watched it on the Showtime add-on on Prime. I highly recommend it. It's, it's, I was talking to my wife about this, how there aren't shows that people talk about weekly anymore because there is so much, so much, so much content and everyone binges everything. So, for example, like Lost, everyone's like, hey, did you see last week's episode? Yeah, da 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 You don't really get that anymore because everything is streaming. Everyone binges it. Everyone watches something different. Everyone's, everyone's watching something different at different times. So, and, you know, people don't talk to each other, which is good for me because I hate everyone, but... I highly recommend it. It's very fun, very satisfying show. And, you know, a squid game, we binged pretty quickly and that was fun. But this, I feel like this one was more, probably more satisfying to binge and, and enjoy. Check out Yellow Jackets. Um, that's all I got for the movies and stuff I've seen lately. Let's move on to Alone in the Dark. 2005 movie I watched on Tubi. Um, I will, I will fully admit, I didn't pay a thousand percent attention to this film. I paid maybe sixty-five percent attention to this film. I got the gist. All right, I got the gist. Um, directed by Yui Bowl. You know, he's infamous for these bad video game adaptations. Written by Elon Mastai, not clickable. Michael Roche and Peter Shearer. Michael Roche, um, he co-executive produced House of the Dead, screenwriter on Alone in the Dark, and House of the Dead 2. Um... He's done a handful of video game adaptations. I don't know how these people continue to get work. Um, I I don't know. Peter Shearer, let's check him out. He's a German film director, film producer, and screenwriter. He collaborates on his movies with fellow filmmaker Michael Roche. So he... Very similar filmography. He screen wrote Alone in the Dark, House of the Dead 2, associate producer Blood Rain, director and screenwriter on Brotherhood of Blood, screenwriter of Far Cry. Um, director and screenwriter of Alone in the Dark 2. So, this movie is not good. Um, it stars Christian Slater, Tara Reid, and Stephen Dorff. So I, I don't know how or why Christian... Because these are pretty big names. Christian Slater, Tara Reid, and Stephen Dorff agreed to act in this Yui Bowl movie based on the Alone in the Dark video game. The movie had a budget of $20 million and it grossed $12.7 million. Um, 
let me try to give some sort of synopsis from what I gathered. First of all, the movie opens with a lengthy text scroll, like, like it's a Star Wars movie. And not only that, but you have a narrator reading the actual words that are on the screen. So I guess kudos to them for covering deaf and blind people. I doubt that was the goal. Um, the guy, the guy's voice, whoever narrates that text scroll, sounds like Jason. Um, I forget his name. He's on. How did this get made? Zuzukakis. Uh, Jason Manzukis. I apologize for guessing. Jason Zukakis. And. So the, the basic gist, let me try my best. The, there was these ancient people named the Akbani, and they thought that there was a two worlds, a, a world of light and a world of darkness, and they somehow opened the world, the gate between these two worlds. But those people disappeared, and there's only artifacts. And this guy, Dr. Hudgens, was trying to use these artifacts to open the gate and merge man and creature I forget why allegedly he was trying to um, save the human race but I'm sure he was a selfish asshole um, in his motives I don't remember the motives and so at the beginning of the movie he's at an orphanage and he tries to he tries to bargain with an, a, a nun there and say just tell the cops that 20 of them were kidnapped and she's like all right so he kidnaps 20 orphans to experiment on them but one escaped and he's trying he's trying to merge man with creature but these 19 kids are like sleepers they're called sleepers and the whole plot is confusing i I don't even want to read through the plot because I don't want to destroy my brain with unnecessary knowledge. But then you fast forward to the present where Christian Slater is a paranormal investigator who has an artifact for some reason. One of the sleepers attacks him um, in a ludicrous, ludicrously bad fight sequence um, Tara Reed plays a assistant curator of a, a, a museum or something uh, Stephen Dorff who I, I recognize the name but not the face he plays a, the leader of the 713 group that um the, it's a paranormal investigation group, I guess, which Christian Slater used to be a part of, but he was uh, kicked out or left or I don't know. Anyway, the the CGI is very bad. You know, one part, it's a very short part, but it, it, I thought it was so dumb. There's a security guard and he does this kill scene where... 
you know, this CGI creature like kills him and puts its tail through the back of his head and through his mouth. So like he tilts his head back, then he tilts his head forward, and then he drops to the ground. Except if a a giant creature tail puts its head through the back of tail through the back of your head out through your mouth, you would be dead immediately. So he should have. I don't know the right term, Pratt fall. He should have just done a free fall to the ground. But the way he did it, you could tell he's using his body to like protect. You know, he drops slowly, basically. And I'm like, you can't go through the effort of putting a fucking like mattress in front of him so he could free fall or like do some sort of camera trick rather than him essentially crawling down to the floor it was that was going to be one out of a thousand list why i didn't like this movie but that really stuck in my mind as why this is a terrible movie um yeah what's making me laugh is it says the upon release the film received overwhelmingly negative reviews for the story dialogue special effects and reed's performance i think it's funny that they point out reed's performance i don't think anyone was great well maybe steven dorf steven dorf was good christian slater was fine i think tara re i think that's the best she can do so i don't i don't think it does any purpose to point out how bad she was i think that's how she is as an actor no offense miss reed holding a 1% approval rating on rotten tomatoes alone in the dark is considered one of the worst films ever made it was also a commercial failure grossing 12.7 million on a 20 million budget although the home media releases were more successful here's the most egregious part of the wikipedia page a sequel with a different cast and story was released to home media in 2008 bowl served as a producer and again i talked about this in the last episode but how does a movie which got overwhelmingly overwhelmingly negative reviews for the story dialogue special effects and reed's performance with a 1% approval rating on rotten tomatoes considered one of the worst films ever made grossing 12.7 million on a 20 million budget how does that get a sequel i don't <coughs> i don't understand unless unless there are rich people who are like sure i'll fund your movie or like people who have a lot of money who are willing to spend to make these film these terrible terrible films um let me just google the sequel directed by peter peter shearer and michael roche who wrote the first film starring rick yoon never heard of him rachel specter never heard of her and lance hendrickson hendrickson from the alien franchise I don't I don't know I don't get it I don't I don't I don't know Anyway back to the plot So 
Christian Slater starts working with Tara Reed. Um, I don't know to fight these creatures to figure out what's going on, and there's tension between Christian Slater and Stephen Dorff. They come across this. I don't know how they came across the entrance to this weird mansion where Christian Slater says, this is the place where we need to go. I don't know how they got there. But it, it ends up being below the orphanage. So this weird doctor scientist created this, basically a huge basement to experiment in on all these kids. The movie is not good. It's dumb. You know who I did recognize is Francois Yip. Um, she, she's um, her her name is Agent Chung, in the movie. Come on, Agent Chung. Yeah, it's like what Pat Walsh says. Like, can you come up with another Asian character name than Wong? Because Benedict Wong's character in Doctor Strange is Wong. By the way, I believe I saw a commercial with Benedict Wong. It's a it's a um, Doctor Strange commercial, but it it was a Tide commercial, like a laundry detergent commercial. I'm like, uh, I was sad, but at the same time, I'm like. If I was an Asian man who could make money in any way possible, I would do it. So I can't hate on him too much. Um, get your monies by doing a Tide commercial. I would do it. I would do it. Even though I, I hate on it earlier. Francois Fong Wa Yip is a Canadian actress who... I recognize her from such movies as Rumble in the Bronx... Which I'm sure if I watched today it would be cheesy, but a lot of fun. Black Mask with Jet Li. Romeo Must Die, Jet Li. Um, she she's she was in Blade Trinity, Alone in the Dark, um, Alien vs Predator Requiem, The King of Fighters, um, the. <laughs> The unauthorized Save by the Bell story, playing Pauline Gosselar. I don't know what that's about. Everything, everything, playing Doctor Francis, which I saw. I don't remember her in it. Oh, speaking of prey, she was in The Predator, playing Miss Colin Yutani, credited as tracking supervisor. She's she's. She's very pretty, so she's. Um, you, I feel like you'd recognize her if you see if you've seen her once. You'd recognize her just because she's kind of striking. Like in most things, she played a small part in this movie. Again, Agent Chung. Jesus Christ. Um, but anyway, this movie is not good. Um, I do not recommend watching it. I, you know, I wanted to do a, a commentary, but it's an hour 40, so I feel like that would put me over the limit in terms of the podcast length. 
and I've explained before why that's becoming an issue. Um, I think that's all I have to say about this movie. Uh, worst, one of the worst movies of all time. Um, I don't know about that. It was it was it's pretty bad. I think it was better than House of the Dead, though. I hope House of the Dead was named one of the worst movies of all time. Um, Alone in the Dark, I haven't... Um, I've never played the game, so I can't speak to that. I believe there is a, a remake coming out um, soon. Or, or maybe it's a new game, but I, I keep seeing it on Amazon. Let me check it out um, um, alone in the dark um, of course it doesn't show up Jesus Cristo uh, PS5 so it's it's a reimagination of alone in the dark a love letter to the 90s cult classic horror game um, so I don't know if it's a remake or, or what. It says reimagination. I'm not familiar with the, the game at all, so I can't speak to that. I can't recommend this movie. Uh, I don't think you should watch it. I don't think you should spend or waste your time watching this movie. But if you're curious, you can check it out. Like, the action scenes were nothing... Even the acting scenes were nothing. Um, not good. Not good. That's really all I have for this episode. Thank you for listening. I hope this episode finds you well. Um, I'm sure if you are listening, as soon as I said that sentence, I'm sure you clicked off. I would. Actually, I would click off as soon as I heard, Welcome to Adramar Gaming. Click. Uh, that's what I would do. But I, I really do hope you're well. I um I'm still I'm still trying to make YouTube videos. Everything's just exhausting right now. Um there's my dog singing again. You know, I'm I'm really bad at replying to comments and it's not it has nothing to do with them. It's more I just have social anxiety and sometimes I don't know what to say. Mentally and physically exhausted from working at Amazon and I have work tomorrow at 3 a.m. And I'm kind of dreading it That's a bad sign when you start to feel stuck like this is what this is going to be my life for the rest of my life and uh, kind of scary kind of sad kind of a bummer and But hopefully you're not in the same situation. I am. I hope you're doing better um, If you like Final Fantasy 7 Please check out youtube.com slash odddrummergaming. If you like drums and video games, please check out youtube.com slash drumj8. Thanks for listening and say hi to your pets for me. <laughs>